0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard John Fleck will miss Scotland's game against the Netherlands tomorrow After testing positive for coronavirus Craig Moore says fans are being ignorant in writing off Ange Postacoglu And fashion Sakala says Stephen Gerrard convinced him to turn down Premier League offers to join Rangers I'm Andrew McLean, joining me in the studio tonight is Gordon DL Yeah, big news today came from the Scotland camp in uh, Spain uh, Leading up to this game tomorrow night A build up to the Euros against the Czechs on the 14th of June One that we're all excited about Andrew that John Fleck has tested positive for the COVID um, but you know fingers crossed and lucky enough for the, the rest of the squad they were all negative so he'll isolate and uh, hopefully he'll be back uh, with the squad soon and uh, it's onwards tomorrow and as I say the build up and also I'm sure we'll get a f- still a few phone calls about Who's going to be the Celtic manager? Yeah, it was a really, really busy night on the phones last night and Friday as well, all of last week. So if you want to get through, 0141-951-1025 is the number you need or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. So much to talk about tonight. I think there is only one place to start and that is that John Fleck has tested positive for coronavirus. He's now self-isolating over in Spain. The rest of the flood, uh, the rest of the squad, sorry, flying to Portugal today ahead of their game against the Netherlands tomorrow night. Not the news we wanted to hear. Gordon, there was always going to be a risk of this coming into the, the tournament just with the way the world is at the moment. Yeah, they are. Um, but um, we're lucky in the sense that it's only one. The rest of the squad perfectly fine. They can go about their business. Um, obviously um, Young Fleck will be In a hotel somewhere He'll probably just isolate Until he's given the, the green light To get back with the squad And start training again um, It's just the world we live in And uh, just now As I say It was only one uh, Positive test And hopefully it'll stay that way Yeah well as you say, self-isolating, that's as per Spanish government guidelines. So it's really up to the rules, wherever Scotland are, that they have to abide by. So no other close contacts have been identified. The rest of the squad have retested and it's all negative results from them. So um, I've seen sort of comments on Twitter, people asking why, you know, if he's self-isolating, why aren't others? It, it is all down to, to the Spanish government guidelines. If you remember back when, I think it was October, Stuart Armstrong mm. tested positive in a Scotland camp and there was a couple of close contacts. Was it Kieran Tierney and, and Ryan Christie at yeah. that point so um, no close contacts which which is some good news but but we wish John Fleck all the yes, best we, in his we, self-isolation we certainly do and I heard that uh, obviously he's not showing any symptoms at all with it it's not a case of you know he's he's in his bed he's not feeling too particularly well but he's tested positive and uh, nowadays it's changed but we've lived with this for over a year now Andrew and um, these players will be getting tested and you know, tested all the time that to make sure that doesn't spread. Um, we're led to believe that it was it was brought into the camp. Uh, it was he wasn't in there when he took it? They believe that you know with the tracing and everything, he arrived with the Scotland squad and he tested positive and they caught it quick enough so it wouldn't spread. So fingers crossed. You know he gets better and Scotland can keep concentrate and which is going to be a magnificent month for us. Well, let's hear from Steve Clark speaking today ahead of that game tomorrow night. He's confident Scotland will face no further COVID scares after John Fleck tested positive today. He says they need to focus on the positives. No symptoms. Obviously, he's got to isolate for a few days now, so we'll keep an eye on him. Uh, we'll look after him, as we do with everybody. And 
hopefully it stops there. Looking at the, the information that we've got and relying on the, the doctors for the medical opinion, 90% sure that John brought it into the camp. It, it came with him, so we'll be, we'll be testing every day with John and waiting for him to return a few negative tests. For everyone else, let's just carry on as normal and, and continue the good work. The, the thing I don't want to do is I don't want this isolated case to sort of overshadow the, the good work that we've done. We've had good preparation. The training's been fantastic. The boys are in a great place. And we're looking forward to the game tomorrow night. Yeah, I think it's all really to do with sort of incubation periods that, you know, it takes a while for it to show up in positive tests. So Scotland have, have sort of, you know, the medical teams have, have looked at it all and it seems as if John Fleck has, has brought this into the camp. And, you know, these these things were, were bound to happen. They'll happen all across Europe. You look at the fact that things are opening up. A lot of, you know, places in level two, when the players had, had finished their seasons, they could go and they could spend time with family and friends indoor. There's always a, a risk of this. And you'd hope that, because they're now all in a bubble that further down the line when we get closer to the tournament that there's a good chance that, that these won't crop up yeah I think I think we'll be perfectly okay um, it happens uh, we know it happens it's just as I said earlier it's the world we're living in just now Andrew and we have got to deal with it and just take it on the chin but uh, Steve Clark sounds very confident that you know he's got great belief in his medical staff they'll make sure that you know, all the protocols are put in place, everything will be sorted out. And uh, as I say, John Fleck will be in isolation for a, whatever amount of days it may be. He'll get tested again and he will not be let out of that to to mingle with the players until he's totally negative, which is rightly so. But uh, as I say, it, it can always be worse. And it's only one, they've caught it, they're dealing with it, and I'm I'm very confident that they can move on from that. Do you think this would be a, a concern for the rest of the players? Not specifically because of this case, but just building up to the Euros and a lot of players will be worried, just you know, making sure they, they don't want to get injured because it's such a big tournament. And this is just an added thing that might be in the back of their mind that you well, know. Of what? course, of course. Um as much as um you know, we're 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 winning the battle, but it's been a long, long battle. And it's been a hard battle Of course it'll be in the back of their minds There's one thing missing this Fantastic tournament through an injury You could probably accept that But you know just to sit there And you had to you know in the build up to it A day or so before it You get you got a positive test That would be devastating for any player So I'm sure that you know With the situation with John Fleck then I'll be extra, extra careful now. You know, it'll be in the back of the players' minds. We've got to make sure that we follow every protocol that we're told to do. Well, Steve Clark says he wants to focus on the games coming up. Of course, it's the Netherlands tomorrow night, Luxembourg on Sunday. Let's hear what he had to say about those. It's important that we we think about what we've done in training, the, the things that we've worked on. We try to take that into the first friendly game. And we have to be a little bit reactive to, to certain situations, but there's no point in stressing about it there's certain situations you can't control so if you can't control them I've always I've always been told to try and look after what you can control and we can control the lads in training preparation for the matches and hopefully a good performance tomorrow night against the Dutch we wanted one game that would challenge us and certainly the the Dutch game will challenge us the, the Luxembourg game will challenge us in a different way the way the Dutch play is, is not dissimilar to the style of play that Certainly England and maybe a little bit Croatia will play as, as pot one or, or number one seeded teams. So 
should be a good workout for us in, in terms of the friendly and a good work, workout for us in terms of the games coming up in the tournament. How do you think Steve Clark uses these games because it's the Netherlands tomorrow night, it's Luxembourg at the weekend. Is, do you reckon that the squad that goes out and starts tomorrow night is Steve Clark's strongest squad? Does he have to pick his strongest squad, what he thinks is his best 11 for this game yeah, tomorrow I th- night? I think it's a great opportunity to start working towards uh, Monday the 14th of June. Uh, two o'clock um, I think that's what he's out there for That's the preparation He's obviously got to be careful Because they don't want injuries uh, But I think that for maybe the first hour or so He'll have a game plan And I like the way he's talking there You know he can go and play many friendlies But he's picked in the Netherlands Because he's thought in his own mind Andrew right This is the sort of style that England Croatia play So you know It's not just a random pick of Oh we can get 90 minutes against the country He's, he's, he's really planning this out um, And I like the way he's going about his business I'd be very surprised if he doesn't start with a real strong side But there's also going to be opportunities in there For someone just to grab his attention Over the next couple of games And give him a little bit of thinking process Because he's probably got his If everybody's fit Right now as a manager He's probably got the living uh, In the formation in his head but it's always nice for a manager and the staff that if you play these two games and you see somebody hitting for them at the right time and it gives you something to think about. And that's what I think you'll be looking for. He said today that you know the, the hope is that over the two games you'll be able to give either all the squad or most of the squad some amount of game time. See for guys like Billy Gilmore, Nathan Patterson, David Turnbull, the uncapped guys. Is it important to... To get them their first cap before they go to the tournament, to you know whether it is a start against Luxembourg, whether it's a, an appearance, whether it's coming on against the Netherlands. Do you think it's important just to get them involved in, and on the pitch before the tournament starts? Yeah, but I think it's also important that he goes uh, on Thursday um, with the fact that what he learned off of the the game tomorrow night against the Netherlands. That right, that's it. I'm happy with that. We got what we wanted out of that game. Now I can look to Luxembourg, I can I can throw in the Billy Gilmores, I can give them... He's right, he's got to keep these guys, he's got to keep minutes in their legs because they will they will probably be needed. They're not just going to squad players, they will probably be needed in this competition. So he's got to make sure everybody's at their sharpest and uh, I'm sure he's got a, a, a plan going forward for that, I, no doubt, because I think that Steve Clark thinks very deeply about the game. Is there any specific areas of doubt for you personally? Do you think that you know Steve Clark will have a settled one, a, a sort of settled eleven that he's got, or do you think that there's maybe a couple of areas that will be a bit of a toss up at the moment, and he's just waiting to see who's either going to impress him in training or, or over the course of these two games? I think, uh, I think probably as a manager, and I was in the game a long time myself, and you have probably your 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 ten. And you'll leave that one opportunity. It'll be a toss of the coin. You'll be sort of thinking, well, will I play X or will I play Y? And it'll depend on the way they train, um, the two games that's coming up. So as I keep saying, there's certainly as much as we can sit here and say, right, this is what the strongest team's got to be. This is the formation they're going to play. As a manager, you're always somewhere along the line somebody will just catch your attention. Who that player is going to be, I don't know. But it's up to them to say, in training every day, when you get the opportunity against Netherlands, when you get the opportunity against Luxembourg, really put a bit of, bit of doubt into the manager's mind and say, I'm ready to play in this competition. 
01419511025 is the number you need if you want to get involved lots of talking points doesn't need to be Scotland of course there's still the Celtic managerial hunt as well lots of other topics anything you want to discuss give us a call or send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Ed is up first in Haddington Ed what are your thoughts tonight? Um, can you hear me okay? Yes good all good Yeah um, my thoughts were just a couple of I was listening last night and a couple of guys was on about the new Celtic manager well supposed to be new Celtic manager and um, I think we should give the guy a chance you know um, I always talk about Frank Lampard and anyhow personally I wouldn't have had them at the club don't know what they've done the two teams got well Eddie Howe's team got relegated could they defend for Toffee neither could Frank Lampard's I don't know why a lot of the Celtic fans need seem to go weak when they anybody from the premierships mentioned you know well that's it Gordon It's an interesting point of view Because a lot of the calls Last night There was a lot of negativity Surrounding mm-hmm. Ange Postacoglu A lot of Celtic fans that, that didn't think he had the credentials To step up to the plate We've not spoken to you Since yeah. it all kicked off Friday Of course the Eddie Howe deal Fell through quite quickly um, It became clear that Ange Postacoglu Looks as if he's the, the front runner For the job We've heard a lot about him Since what do you make Of the, the situation as a whole um, I, I was very surprised Like most people uh, Andrew But I agree with Ed I think that sometimes because he's not a big name, because we've not heard of him, um, we we seem to in this country, you know, judge someone before we give them an opportunity. Now, to go against that, yes, it's going to be if he gets a job, it's going to be a massive job. Uh, he's not. You can argue he doesn't know a lot about the the Scottish game. Doesn't know a lot about British football. Doesn't know a lot about this or that. But. I think you've got to get every, even bringing Eddie Howe up, right? And I think all the Celtic fans would have been delighted with that, apart from Eddie, he wasn't too keen. But I think most of the fans would have been delighted with that. But that wasn't a guarantee success either. So every manager you bring in, stroke coach, is going to be a gamble. I would just like to know if they do bring him in, is he going to be the hands on manager type? Or is he going to be just, there's the players, because you don't know this British game, you don't know the Scottish game just now, we'll give you the players, we'll give you the best opportunity, you coach them, because you hear, yeah, I was reading today, Brendan Rogers speaking so highly of him, about his organisation, the way his team plays, so I just think that we're very quick to jump in and judge without giving someone an opportunity to show us what he can do. Ed, we've heard a lot from you know former players that have played under him, people that have worked with him, journalists from you know whether it's Japan or Australia that that know him very well. And a common theme seems to be that they think he'll need a bit of patience, really, to do what he wants to do at Celtic. They say that you know he quite often overhauls the squad right at the start of the season, and you know maybe take him a, a year or so to implement his style. Do you think that if he is in charge of Celtic, that he will get that time that he needs? Well, I think I think he should. Because I, I think a, a miracle worker couldn't come and win the title back next year considering the amount of players we've got and the rebuilding job that has to be done. So anybody's going to need a couple of years, a couple of seasons at least, you know, to see if we can see a bit of progress. But we need to sort the defence out and get a bit of steel back. You know, the last thing we want to do is get somebody in that's just going to buy a load of players. I've seen it all before back in the 90s, you know, buying this one, that one, and loan players nowadays. It doesn't work. You know, yeah, I Ed, Ed, can I, so, sorry, can I just say that I disagree with you there in the sense that you know he's, he needs to have a couple of years. The doubts are already there with a lot of people. The doubts are already there with the Celtic supporters. 
If the guy doesn't come in in a couple of years, you're thinking, well, he's not really won anything. This will be put down as a disaster, a failure, one of the worst appointments going about, a Pedro Cushina. We've heard it all before. So as much as I'm totally for saying, if you're going to bring someone in that's not known to us, give him an opportunity. You know, I'm not saying he's got to win every game in the first season. what, What I'm saying is, He'll not get two years at Celtic. Absolutely no chance will he get two years. And I know the argument across the city as well. Hold on a minute. Rangers gave Stephen Gerrard a completely different. Celtic fans will not accept it because of the situation. But I do believe that he should be allowed to get, you know, through the summer, get a transfer window, get a transfer window in January. And even if he does it, he's not the great success next year. I think they should still go with him and give him an opportunity because by that time, like players as well, he'll have come to a different country, he'll have settled in, he'll know the game, he'll have learned what Scottish football's all about, then I think you can judge him. But I certainly do not think, the way the Celtic fans are just now, that he's going to get the two years. Maybe not two years, but he needs a season to bed in and then going into the next season. And we all know football, if it's not working by Christmas and he's getting hammered and we're away down at fifth, Fourth, fifth, then obviously. But you know, if we're playing good football, win an old firm game, get back up there, we're not too far out the distance. Then, then I, and our defence is tightened up. Then I think it's looking good. And if he's maybe maybe bringing another Nakamura in for Japan, you don't know. You don't know. Well, thank you to Ed 0141 If you want to give us a call on any of these issues tonight, make sure to join us after the break because we'll be hearing what former Rangers defender Craig Moore has to say about Ange Postacoglu. He played under him in Australia. He also managed with him as well at national level. So we'll hear his thoughts after this. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gordon DL here with me Andrew McLean in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard it was a really busy night last night on the phones talking about the Celtic managerial situation talking about Ange Postacoglu let's go straight back to the phone shall we John is a Celtic fan in Copebridge John what do you make of the whole situation Hi Andrew Hi Daza Hi John uh, Would you call it I've, I've not really heard of the guy, right? But I, I'm one of the guys. I mean, I know the way Hugh goes on last night, or but uh, he's not experienced. I'll near the Stephen Gerrard, not. I mean, but I know Stephen Gerrard's uh, Hugh's love child. But apart from that, anyway. But I'm, I was trying to go on Gordon and Andrew for a couple of weeks about this. I spoke to my mate a couple of weeks ago, and we were speaking about things. Uh, young Robert White will be, he'll be listening to the radio now, and he made a good point to me. Why don't Celtic go for somebody like Sam Allardyce to steady the ship? Oh, I mean, he wouldn't take any. Oh, I mean, he wouldn't. He would not take any crap out of people. I mean, he would, he would push heads together, etc. I mean, and just to steady the ship. I know maybe I'll get shot down with this. They said, but I, I remember when he was manager of Newcastle. Would you call his team played brilliant football? And I know, obviously, what happened with him with England job, his first big job, it didn't materialise because of certain things. But I think he'd be a good fit for a, a couple of years, Gordon. What do you think? Um, if I was in charge of Celtic, no, I think I think Allardyce is a sort of guy now that every time a, a club in the English Premier League is struggling, he seems to get in there and try and rescue them. Um, and more and more times he's going in, like say West Brom, there he couldn't keep them up as well. No, I, I think it's time for a fresh start. He's certainly got bags and bags of experience. Um, I think he'd be a no nonsense sort of a guy. 
Um, but I don't think it's one that would probably excite the Celtic supporters as much as the Celtic supporters are a little bit worried just now um, because of what happened on Friday with Eddie Howe and they're looking for someone to come in. I, I know what you're saying. I think I think you're picking Allardyce because of its name. It's and Allardyce has a big name. He's been about the block a hundred times, but I don't see him being the, the the fit for Celtic. I really don't. Is that part of the problem where you know you're saying Sam Allardyce is is not going to be the name that's going to appease the Celtic supporters? Ange Postecoglou certainly doesn't look as if he's that name either. We've had other suggestions on here throughout this week and last week. People saying Callum Davidson, people saying Billy Davis, names that you know have been have been shot down on Twitter. Some pundits mm-hmm. have had their, their say on it as well. That there just really doesn't seem to be many names out there that that are going to excite the Celtic fans out of realistic yeah, options. But what, what you've got to realise, it doesn't matter about exciting the Celtic fans. It's about someone that comes in and does the job. And this is a massive, massive job. And it doesn't matter if who you go to, if it's Allardyce's of this world. They've got to come in and produce the goods. And you're not guaranteed, and it's the same and fright, we've already heard Celtic fans one on tonight saying, look, I don't want anyhow. Uh, he get Bournemouth relegated, he's this and he's that. It wasn't a stick on that he was going to walk in the Celtic were all of a sudden going to be back to winning trophy after trophy after trophy. So no matter who you bring in, it's going to be a gamble. As I say, you go and look across the city. Rangers made a gamble on Stephen Gerrard. He'd never managed before. He'd only worked with the youth. They brought him in. The one thing what they done was they gave him time because it was very, very easy when obviously after two, there was not a trophy in the cabinet to say, this isn't working. They stuck by him and they got the reward last season with a fantastic season and they won the league. Yeah, one sec, John. I just think Celtic needs someone that's going to come in. Whether you've heard of him or not, it's about how he does the job and it's a massive job to do. John? I Gordon, I know you're comfortable, right? As I said, he's been took, he's been took to charge the teams that have been relegated, faced relegation, and I, think, I don't know, maybe this is wrong, but I'm sure this, somebody said this is the first year he's actually ever been relegated by a team. I know, I know he with Bolton, he has been right, but I'm talking about he's been in to try and save a team. But I think that's it's a kind of guy like that we need. Like he's been in there, the teams like West Brom, he's steady the ship. Obviously, we are, we're rudderless now So we need somebody To steady the ship Know what I mean Yeah but so, John but John what, Right See see, What you've got to look at Is not what you need As in a supporter It's what What sort of a way The club's going What avenue They're going down here Are they going to have Someone that's a A coach That will be dictated The players by The, the director of football Who will do the signings And identify the players The coach will then Be giving the players To go and Put them into a formation and, and and a winning a winning team. Now I think that's the road that Celtic are trying to go down. Allardyce to me strikes me as a he's a manager. He wants to be in control of most of the things that's happening. And the modern day football, unfortunately, and sometimes I don't agree with it, but unfortunately, um, that doesn't happen. You know, there's there's a lot of people out there that are coaching teams that. Really, aren't you? You look at guys like, and I think Brendan Rodgers had his problem at Celtic with a couple. Neil Lennon, I think, wasn't uh, always on top of the signings. So I do believe that Allardyce is a sort of a he's his own man. He would come in there, and I don't think he fits in to the way the Celtic structure is going to go. On another side, John, 
Is there not a massive difference Between a manager Who is used to fighting off relegation Then going to a club Who's expecting to Win week in Week out Win trophies Negotiate European qualifiers Is I, I know where you're coming from, Andrew. I, I, just, I just think maybe, just to steady the ship. Now, I know what Gordon's saying as well there. I totally agree with Gordon as well. But as I say, this is now showing you, right, although all, us, all of the Celtic fans will still hold a grudge against Brendan Rodgers for the way he left Celtic, but it's now come to fruition behind the scenes what was happening. So it's not, I mean, I wish, I wish Brendan Rodgers had just stayed for the last 11 games that season they'd have been recognised for the Celtic fans all his life right or what he'd been and he still has he's done a brilliant job nobody will take that away from the guy but I think now it's still starting to come as I say what's, what's happening in there this has been happening for three or four years there's been a, a free fall and they've been papered over the cracks and now obviously Rangers are, are, are a better team than what they have been and this is, this is what's happened but as I say I just I just I obviously I've spoke to you I've obviously Gordon I've been on here I've spoke to you Gordon and a lot of the boys See if, see if, if my personal opinion then is I, I don't I'll, I'll support this guy uh, post whatever you call it, right? <laughs> uh, post the glue, right? I, I would I've said all along as well, Gordon. If you remember, like I, I think Jack Ross is a great manager. You know what I mean, and I know maybe he's not the big name Celtic fans want, but for he knows he knows the Scottish game inside out. You know what I mean? So that's that's one thing I would do if he, if he can't get somebody else. I would take I would take him. Um, not, not for me. Um, I like Jack. I think he's um, getting a good reputation. In the game. Uh, it's different going from St. Mirren Sunderland, and obviously he get the sack at Sunderland. Comes up to Hibs. Had a good season. Finished in third. Uh, he's got this tag next to him about you know the cup finals and the big games. I I don't believe in that tag. I think Jack. Uh, I'll go on and better his selling management, but I don't think he's ready for us. Opportunity. This see, this isn't an opportunity that you're walking in thinking, this is a team that's been winning trophy after trophy. I'll just tweak one or two things. You've got so much to work with here, and the fact that who's staying? All your top players are sitting there, and you're thinking they're going to go to be leaving. You've got to replace them. You've got a full back four. You've got about ten signings to bring in. This isn't a, a job, and I know people talk and. And I think what a fantastic job he's done at St Johnston, Callum Davison as well. That's okay, St Johnston, where your your only sort of a pressure is stay in the league. And if you can get some cup runs going, fantastic, make some money, great. Hibs are the same. They're looking if we can finish third in the league. Has Jack succeeded? Fantastic. We've got to cup finals. But when you go to Celtic, it's a completely different ball game, and especially. With the way the club is just now And I think that's where the problem is Well thank you to John We want to hear your thoughts on this as well 0141 951 1025 Make sure to give us a call Because former Rangers defender Craig Moore Says it's ignorant to dismiss Ange Postacoglu He says the former Australia boss Has great recruit- recruitment links as well That would help the club I mean Ange has obviously yeah, Come from the City group um, So in terms of recruitment In terms of players uh, and, and there will be changes I've no doubt at Celtic there's, there's loan players that have returned to their parent clubs uh, and, and there will be an opportunity to do some business uh, for whatever manager comes in I mean in regards to uh, myself and, and Ange and, and a Celtic football club look I'm a, I'm a sounding platform I've obviously had 12 years experience playing at, at, uh, at Rangers um, you know about 25 years of, of, of history within Scotland and knowing the people so that can be very very helpful but I says people think that um, you know he's a bit of an unknown. 
I think that that's a little bit ignorant, if I'm being honest, because you do a little bit of research and you see that he's been successful wherever he's been. He's won trophies. And certainly in regards to recruitment and being able to attract the right player at Celtic Football Club, Celtic Football Club are a big enough club to be able to get the right players. Ange Postacoglu definitely have, have, he definitely has those networks. Is that most of the argument here, Gordon, mm. that you know you, you hear from a lot of people that, that know him, that have worked with him, that talk about him and, and speak very positively about him? Craig Moore saying there that you know people are people are writing him off just because they don't know much about him because they either haven't done research or just aren't mm. used to him. Is is a big part of the problem? Maybe you know people should approach this with a more open mind. I think I think you can only make an opinion on him if like Craig Moore, if you've worked beside you've seen his work. Brendan Rogers, for instance, makes a comment about how good his team was and how difficult it was going to play against him because they were so well organised. Yeah, I, I was the same. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying, you know, when I heard the news I'm thinking, what is going on here? Of course like everybody else. But when you sit back and you think about it, everyone that knows him Everyone that sort of uh, watched him work is very complimentary. I don't know. It's a massive gamble because it's a massive job. And all the arguments and negativity against him is, well, he's never managed here. He's never played here. He doesn't know the game. He doesn't know the players. I totally accept that. I take that on board. But somewhere along the line, I think if if Celtic are going to go down this road with him, and it looks like they are, I think you've got to, if you're a Celtic supporter... Back the guy, give him an opportunity to show you what he's all about. Because he could come in here and be the best thing since sliced bread. You don't know. I think everybody's made up their mind just now. Oh, this is a failure waiting to happen. I think you've got to give somebody an opportunity to show what he can do before you make the judgment. Because you've never seen him working. You don't know anything about him. So you shouldn't really have an opinion about how good he is. I'd rather listen to guys like Brendan Rogers and Craig Moore giving me information saying, well, he's good at that, he's good at that. Well, if that's the case and he comes to Scotland, he's got to prove it. I mean, it's undoubtedly a gamble just because you don't know whether this is going to translate from the Japanese game and the Australian game to the Scottish game. It is a risk. Is this the time for the Celtic board to take a risk? Is it is it a bad time to do that considering <sighs> what has gone on throughout the past year? Look, <laughs> they are where they are. They were going to take a, a risk in Eddie Howe because let's be honest, this is a guy, and I, I like him. I think he's a very good manager, very good coach. But this is a guy that the argument from the Celtic supporters is, well, he got Bournemouth relegated. Um, you know, he's been out of work for a year, blah, 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 all that. There was people, a lot of Celtic fans for him, and there was a few Celtic fans against him. So it didn't matter if you brought him in. It was still going to be a risk. You can't, There's not a manager or a player out there, Andrew, you've got to bring into your club and say that's a 100% that's going to work. It's going to be such a success. It does not work like that. And I think it's up to Celtic, if they're going to go down this road, they've got to say to their supporters, look, let's support the guy. Let's get behind him. We know what he's up against. We know all the arguments. We all know all the negative thoughts about him. But if he's going to be our manager, support him. Look at Rangers. Rangers back to their manager. When it could have been so easy to say, you know what, we've made a mistake here and look at the Rangers fans now the way they think about Steven Gerrard so I still think you've got to give them an opportunity 01419511025 on the phones Brendan is a Celtic fan up next Brendan, what are your thoughts? Hi guys, how are we doing? Um, sorry, I've just tuned in tonight I've just done in late for work so I've not really heard the programme so far 
Um, but what I was saying to the producer was that there's a podcast on, uh, it's called on Mastermind post- Podcasts. It was recorded on the 20th of March this year. And it's an interview with Ange Podmacosto. And it's um, very, very informative. I, I suggest that any Celtic fan goes and has a listen to it. This would have been recorded two months ago. No setup, no no connection, I, I believe, to Celtic at any point whatsoever. It gives you a fantastic insight into what the chart's all about. Um, I listened to it. You know, I'll, I'll, first of all, I'll get back to like last Friday. I was absolutely disgusted with what happened with Eddie Howe. I think the story will come out there. I think there's there's, there's something else behind it, but that will come out in the, in the wash. Absolutely distraught where we were. Heard this guy's name mentioned. Never heard of him. Somebody sent me this link for the podcast. Go listen to it, guys, and you will you will hear passion for the, the, the guy. You'll hear he's an insight into his, his football and sort of brain. And I liked what I heard. Throw on top of that, what I heard this morning about potentially Sean Maloney coming in. I think that Sean speaks very very well anytime he's on sports team. Um, always comes across very well. I would have just thought he'd been well outside our, our bracket because of what, what the position he's in. Uh, <coughs> and lastly, um, I like to say some of the comments on the, the program last night, especially for Laurie and Dennison about um, the potential new manager, I find were very, very, very poor taste. Very poor. You don't know the guy, and they and basically slaughtered him. And Laurie, if you're listening, you let yourself down, fella. You let yourself down there, you know. So. What do you think, guys? Well, it's not like Laurie let himself down first and foremost, but I agree with you, Brendan. Um, I think everybody was the same. Who, you know, where Celtic picked this one out of? Um, I, I don't know how great he is at talking about the game. I don't know. As I say, I've never seen him work. I've listened to people that have. I've listened to people who think very highly of him. I, I would like to know more that how he fits in fits into structure. You're talking about Sean Maloney there. There's another, you know, interesting debate. Is Maloney coming in there as part of that backup team? Is he bringing his own staff if he's coming into Celtic? Who's going to be with him? Because it's a normal, let's find someone that knows the Scottish game. You know, they'll probably try and, there'll be rumours going about, will be an ex-Celtic player, it's out of a job or whatever it may be. So I'll be interesting to see how this guy fits into the structure that Celtic are putting in place. I mean, Brendan's already been one round just by listening to this podcast, but is that going to be his biggest task if he takes over at Celtic? Is winning round the supporters that are doubtful about him and doing it quickly? The only way you do that is win games. Um, and I, let's not be kidded here. It's not... If, if this was a guy walking in and whether he'd been in Scotland or Britain or whatever, it doesn't bother me. And it was Celtic that was only needing... Like if you look at the way Rangers are just now They're in a perfect place They've got their squad ready They're ready to go They may tweak one or two things Maybe one in, maybe one out That's not the case at Celtic Celtic's a rebuilding job So it's going to be difficult And this is why I'm saying This guy will need to fit in Is what Celtic structure's got to be Now, you've got to ask him the question Sean Maloney coming in I don't think he will know who Sean Maloney you know, I don't think he'll be friends with Sean Maloney. So, is he prepared to work with him? Will John Kennedy still stay at Celtic because he knows the Scottish game and he knows the Cel- the, the you know how Celtic are run as a club? You know, so there's a lot of question marks there, and it'd be interesting to to find out 
What's going to happen How he fits in But I'm definitely Not one of these guys In the camp That go He's a failure right away I think you've got to give Somebody an opportunity To prove yourself Well thank you to Brendan 01419511025 Give us a call And you could be up next 01419511025 This is Scottish football's League leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gordon DL here with me Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard I was just watching the TV there it was the, the England squad announcement and they've put four four right backs in their squad they must be running scared of uh, Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson Yeah four right backs so very defensive uh, but they've got some really good attacking players we've got to say but we're not frightened of the English we'll take them Ah, we'll see. We'll see in a couple of weeks. We're all looking forward to it. 01419511025 is the number you need. Paul is a Celtic fan up next. Paul, what are your thoughts tonight? Hey, hi Andrew. Hi Gordon. Hi Paul. How are you uh, Well, I'm just calling regarding the the, the new uh, the link that Celtic have got to this uh, Australian manager. I think the guy sounds okay. To be honest, I think that you know, I was very much of the opinion, and I phoned up several times saying that I'm sure it's going to be Eddie Howe because he hadn't distanced himself with the job and then the first time you hear he has distanced himself with the job but I'm more annoyed that the, the Celtic board let that happen and let it run so long as no getting Eddie Howe because personally and I think a lot of people with this you talked yourself into Eddie Howe he wouldn't have been somebody at the start when they were looking for a manager that would have even crossed my mind but the longer it goes on, you talk yourself into it. Uh, his pedigree, he, he'd taken a team up through the divisions and lasted in the Premier League. If that, I, that, I mean, that is a bit of pedigree, but he hasn't won anything. Uh, and the Australian fella seems to have won things, which must count for something. I mean, he, he, he's done well internationally when he's outfoxed some uh, real big name managers and let's face it Australia are not a fantastic team but he seems to have his head screwed on how to get round teams and how to beat teams which can only be a good thing I'm not ignorant I'm more than willing to give a guy a chance if it is him and I'll say if because the way it's going and the way that the Celtic board operate now you never know but I'm not ignorant uh, if he, he comes he'll get the full support the Celtic support and just because he's not a big name I mean, we've had guys that won the big names before. Wim Janssen. Who did you Wim Janssen at the time? Uh, unless you were older. And uh, you remember him from the final when they met Celtic. Who had heard of Joe Vengloss at the time as well. There's been a good few managers that nobody's heard of, really. Uh, but um, if it is him, he'll get my full backing. Where, where I agree with you, Paul, is I do find it astonishing that the Celtic board let this drag on uh, with Eddie Howe. Um, you're talking what 13, 14 weeks since Neil Lennon left his post and I totally understand from Celtic's point of view that to sign a manager of his stature it's not just a case of sitting them down two, three hours and then signing the contract there's a lot of negotiations obviously the coaching staff was an issue for him as well but surely there's a cut-off point and I, I, I don't understand how Celtic have let this you know, drag on and drag on and then left their cell really short at the last minute on Friday. Uh, I think Celtic would be embarrassed with that. 
um, Because I do believe that they thought they had their man in place They thought that they were going to go forward with Eddie Howe And um, you know It just didn't happen for them And I thought for Celtic And they're usually very good at their business It was a real bad bit of business Paul? Well, see, to be honest, Gordon, see, recently, they've not been really good at business. Yeah, I know they've had a bad year, but, uh, you know, but see, see I'll, I'll defend them a little bit here. You look at, everybody used to say last year, well, Celtic have got plenty of money. Celtic can outspend anyone. I think that Celtic in the summer did back the coaching staff and the manager. The amount of money they spent, now, whether they spent that wisely, that's a different argument, right? But, exactly. but, and wages, transfer fees, they certainly spent a lot, a lot of money. So uh, to to turn around now, they may what they may have got wrong was whether I.E. should Neil Lennon have been appointed the manager to go forward. Right? Me personally, I thought it was the right appointment, at the right time. It didn't work out this way for. Should they have should they have acted quicker with Neil when they seen the writing on the wall, uh, when they seen some of the signings it was in. Probably that's a mistake that they've made So they can take responsibility for that But I just don't throw everything At the, the, the board's door Where I do think they've got it wrong In the last 13-14 weeks It's Celtic Football Club here It's a big club Eddie Howe is the manager of Bournemouth And as much as I do think he's done very well for them And he is a very good coach If I was the owner, if I was the owner of Celtic I wouldn't be sitting about waiting 13-14 weeks for Eddie Howe to make his mind up Because there's plenty of candidates out there That would love to manage a club the size of Celtic Well thank you to Paul in Kirk and Tillock Let's move on to this shall we uh, Let's hear from Rangers forward fashion Sakala obviously signed uh, this summer Stephen Gerrard uh, convinced him to turn down Premier League offers According to the forward He's setting his sights on silverware this season I had a lot of teams So like two teams in the Premier League Which I had a meeting with them in England I had a meeting with them And they explained to me how they want me to play had teams in France, like now they finished on top five, two teams in France. After Steven Gellar talked to me, I believe that this is the right time for me uh, to make a move to Rangers. This is a very, a very big club, very massive. With the support Rangers has, I, I, I would take a very big step in life. Okay. I would take a very big step in life. And the only way I can take a very big step is to work hard for the fans, to work hard for the club. I still have a lot of work to do. And I think the most important thing is uh, to win trophies for the club and uh, to make sure that I contribute something. I need to add my values to the club. I think that's the most important thing. I mean, we've we've talked a lot, obviously, about Postacoglu and Gerard's name has, has cropped up quite a lot. People saying, you know, he was a, a rookie manager when he came in, but he did have that stature of being Steven Gerrard. And, and this kind of looks like the, the type of move that is helped by the fact that, you know, Steven Gerrard was a... A great player because Sakala's saying, you know, as soon as Stephen Gerrard spoke to him, that was it. That was that was it. His mind was made up. Absolutely, no doubt, Andrew. Um, I think it certainly did help the Rangers manager the reputation he had as a player. Um, and I think there's a lot of players out there that do probably have better offers, maybe financially. If he's talking about the English Premier League there, and there was two clubs, he certainly would have financially better offers. Uh, because you know the amount of money that they pay down there But he's looked at Steven Gerrard He's probably watched what the manager's been doing over Especially this season One in Europe um, Secondly, one in the league um, Thirdly, the way that the Rangers fans 
now you know their opinion on Stephen Gerrard as a manager and the way the club is 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 operating and he's decided that, that he wants to have a crack at Scottish football he might have a look and think you know what if I go to Scotland um, I have two three good years now there's got to be a lot of competition in there if you look at Rangers forward line he's got a lot to he's got a lot to beat in there he's yeah got I was to... just looking at that I mean there's what Morelos Ruth Hadji Kent Itton Wright possibly Defoe if he signs on again a lot of competition um, but he obviously fancies his chances of um you know, being the number one striker, I don't know anything about him. Um, but he's he's up for the the challenge, and he's probably, in Rangers' uh, point of view, he's a great addition to the squad as well. Does something need to give then up front? Would you expect someone to to leave out of that group? Uh, maybe um, if the right offer comes in, but I'm sure the manager wants to keep uh, all these best players. As a manager, you're always greedy. You just want a big squad. You want quality because you know that as next year you start again. Everything that's happened there is forgotten about. You've got to keep kicking on. Well, thank you for all your calls tonight. Thank you to Gordon DL in the studio as well. Make sure to join us again tomorrow night. I'll be in the studio with Roger Hanna. We'll be building up to the big one. The first friendly ahead of Euro 2020. It's the Netherlands against Scotland in Portugal. Something we can't wait for. The hype is building ahead of Euro 2020. Make sure to join us then. Next up is Johnny Campbell. Super Scoreboard with Call Robert Accident Repair. Managing your squad of vehicles across our proud nation.